morning, church. Let's worship together this morning. Sometimes you gotta dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. Sometimes you gotta stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. Sometimes you gotta shout it from the mountain, louder in the valley, trusting that he's gonna get you there. Sometimes you gotta welcome the wonder, wait for the answer, worship with your hands in the air. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest praise. Give him praise, give him praise in the highest. Cry out to heaven, shout it till the doors swing wide. Sometimes you gotta stand on your shackles, brave in the battle, worship with your hands held high. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, give him praise, give him praise in the highest praise. In the highest Look at your neighbor say he's worthy. He's worthy. Look at the person behind you say he's worthy. He's worthy. You can grab a seat in the presence of God this morning. And we just want to say welcome to all of our first-time guests, whether you're here in person or watching online. Uh, we're glad that you're here in this place. Can we give it up for our guests this morning? 
Oh, thank you for thank you for being here with us and choosing to worship with us this morning. And we want to invite you to do something special. If you don't mind, if you'll grab the connection card from the seat pocket in front of you and please fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having. Or if you're tech savvy, you can grab your smart device, scan the QR code on the screen or even text D1 text to 84576. And we want you to uh, fill that thing out. So then after service, you can even drop it in uh, one of our giving boxes as you exit. But we really ask that you do this, that you go to our guest reception. As you exit after service into our lobby, there'll be a, a room marked to your left called guest reception. Some of our pastors and our leaders would love the opportunity to meet you, exchange that card for a gift. And we just want to say welcome. So Dothan First, can we welcome our guests one more time? You'll notice on that D1 Tech screen, there are a number of things we want to ask you to do. Even if you're in the house, if you're in the room, maybe you're not a guest, but we want you to utilize it as well to get connected for prayer, sign up for life groups. We got life group hosts coming up, so please sign up for that. Even Grow Track, it's not just our pathway to membership, it's our pathway to ministry, so we would encourage you to do that. And we got some great things going on in this house. Uh, we also have Freedom Group signing up in the lobby. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that. I myself have gone through Freedom. I've taught Freedom. It's just done some remarkable things for me. And for those of you that have gone through it, you know the testimonies of it. So please, please, please encourage people to sign up for Freedom. It's life-changing. Also want to tell you about the campfire night. Where are my young adults at? Where are the young adults in the room? They're waving. They're, they don't want to talk, but it's okay. Uh, campfire night is happening and I want to encourage you to sign up for that or be at that it's for young adults ages 18 to 35 it's an outdoor night of worship September the 10th at 7 p.m. somebody say September 10th 7 p.m. now my young people because I still call myself a young adult uh, make sure we put that on our calendars we invite our friends to be at that uh, it's gonna be a night of fellowship and fun and uh, we're just gonna experience the presence of God here on this campus September 10th at 7 p.m. and then also one last thing ladies where are you at in the house all the ladies just say hey hey there we go uh, we have our Awakened Sisterhood Conference I want to encourage you to sign up for that uh, the QR code on the screen it's $45 and Pastor Michelle has been doing her work in trying to get some of the best communicators in the world to be here to invest in you. So you need to invite your aunts, your grandmas, your cousins, anybody you can to be at this event. It's going to be life-changing, and I promise you, you don't want to miss it. Uh, October 6th and 7th, and again, scan that QR code on the screen. Are y'all ready for the word today? Are y'all ready for God to move in this house today? Well, can you do me a favor and honor our pastor as he comes to the stage? Hey, I am so glad you're here. What a great day of celebration. And uh, I want to again welcome our first time guests. Those that are here for the very first time, we'd love to connect with you right after service in a special guest reception prepared just for you. And I look forward to meeting you there. But I also want to extend a special welcome to our first time guests online today. We're so glad that you're with us today as well. But listen, today we got a lot going. As a matter of fact, Reggie Dabbs is with us. He's going to be coming out in just a few minutes. We love you, and we cannot wait to hear what God has to say through you today. But I wanted to just let you know that this day is very special, and you may not have even realized it when you showed up in the building, but uh, you can look at your neighbor and said you, say you picked the right day today, not just because Reggie is here, but also because today is a special life group host training with my wife right after and uh, after the service just go out the doors and to your right is our connection cafe there 
and you can connect with her. Now, you, listen, I want to just set the record straight. Some of you are like, I haven't been to Bible college. I haven't gone through all this training. Listen, I want you to know if God's been churning in your heart to lead a life group, today is your day. And even if you go to the training, that doesn't obligate you to, to be a life group host, but it gives you the information necessary to make that educated decision. But I can tell you we've had basketball groups. We'd have, we've had golf groups. We'd have uh, motorcycle groups. I almost said motorcycle gangs, but they're not a gang. They're not a gang. Motorcycle groups. We've had coffee groups, book studies. Uh, I, I promise you... Whatever it is that God's laid on your heart and that you could do with someone else. Listen, we can continue to grow larger, but we need to grow smaller in groups where we build relationships. It is so important. It is relationships are vital. And for those of you that have at any point said, you know, I've thought about leading a life group. Listen, today is your day. I want you to join in with my wife, Michelle, if for no other reason than to spend quality time with my wife. I mean, come on, can you get any better than that? So today, I really encourage you, all of you who are interested in those that are leading a life group this time around as a host, I want you to meet with my wife, Michelle, right after the service. It won't be a lengthy meeting. You're not going to be there all day or anything. You'll have time to be done and go to lunch. I promise it's going to be well worth the investment. So if you've even considered it or prayed about it at any point, I want you to do it this time. This is your moment to shine and be the answer to somebody's prayer to get to know people. And I just heard of a situation just this week of a life group that had been meeting and they found out a need of someone. You've already heard of some of the stories that have taken place where uh, someone didn't have a vehicle and they, they gave them a vehicle through the life group. You've heard of times where people have been in the hospital and been sick and the life group came in and not only visited them but helped take care of the needs when they returned, giving, giving them uh, uh, gift cards or things, uh, making them meals, things like that. The care system of this church is vitally connected to life groups and to the relationships that are built around here. But then you've also heard of, uh, and, and I was about to tell you of an opportunity that came where uh, someone's taking care of a very specific need of a family that's within that life group. And I, I, I promise you it's where care happens and it's where life happens in our life group. So be a part of that. Well, listen, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many are grateful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been good. He's been faithful. And you can see the five ways to give up on the screen. We're not going to pass the plate today. But I want to let you know we're going to have a strategic time of giving at the end of the service to pour into the ministry, uh, Reggie Dabbs ministry, uh, literally reaching millions of students around the country in places that none of us probably will ever be able to go. He's able to strategically go on our behalf. So we become then a sending agent and Reggie becomes then our missionary uh, into some very broken places. And I encourage you to be prepared to give toward uh, Reggie Dabbs ministry. But you could do that even now. You just in the memo line, just uh, say Reggie. And, uh, but if we wanted to give you an opportunity to get to know his ministry a little bit better uh, before we strategically place that at the end of the service. So I want to pray over you and your family as we prepare to give. Lord, thank you that we have the opportunity. We get to give. And now, Lord, I speak a strategic blessing over this house that may the Lord's favor shine upon you as you do the working of the ministry in generosity. 
that having received all these wonderful things, Lord, everything we've been given is on loan from you. And so now, Lord, I pray you would give back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Would you give back abundant blessings as we pour out of the resource you've provided? We thank you for that. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray it all. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And I'm going to invite our elders, your elders, to head to our various stations of prayer right now. They're going to head back toward the exit sign here, the exit sign back here, and up in the balcony. And um, our, our prayer partners and elders are there for you, that you might receive healing and, and, and be able to cover in prayer every need that you might have. It might be a financial need or emotional or relational need, a spiritual need. Whatever that need is today, we're believing the, the God of the universe, the miraculous God, will overtake that need and bring healing and deliverance and life. So we speak life over it. But in just a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And when we do, and we begin worship again in song, I'm going to ask you to slip out from where you're at, head back to those stations of prayer, and receive prayer. And we're believing for a healing and miracle touch from God today. Would you stand up with us? And let's go back into worship, back into song. Slip out from where you're at. Go back to those elders and receive prayer today. We're believing for miracles in the house today.
I can't think of anything more precious than the name of the Lord our God, the name of Jesus. And so today, as we celebrate King Jesus, you know, some people think about Easter as the time of resurrection celebration, but my friend, can I tell you, every single day we celebrate the victory that he did on Calvary's cross. He, he did it all for us. So today we celebrate in him. Well, listen, why don't you do this? Why don't you turn to the person next to you as you're prepared to be seated? Give him a high five and say, he is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Come on, let him know. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to take a moment right now and welcome those that are joining with us online. They're coming on right now. Come on, give it up for them right now. Welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. And I want to say, if you have in, never been to this church or maybe you've been watching for a while, or maybe you're in the Wiregrass area and you don't have a home church, let me tell you something, there's no place like home and there's nothing like being in the house of God. Isn't that true? Come on. We welcome you. Come on. God bless you. So glad that you're joining with us today. And you've chosen to join with us on a very special day because I have one of my dear friends that's about to take the stage and share with you the word of God. I believe it's going to be directly from heaven above. And uh, I could say a lot about Reggie Dabbs. I can go back in my earliest years. Uh, I actually remember him uh, cheering me on when I was playing high school basketball because they'd come through town uh, and, and they'd do a big crusade at our church in, in Michigan. And uh, I, I mean, you know, when, when you got somebody like Reggie Dabbs cheering you on, I mean, you just feel like you can do it, you know? And, uh, but, but having known him for that period of time was wonderful and watching the ministry that, that he and his wife have provided, it, it was incredible to watch that ministry expand. But one of the great joys of our ministry life was the first assignment that Michelle and I had was to serve, as many of you know, our dear friend and uh, what an, uh, uh, an honorable man, Dave Reaver. And, uh, but my wife, Michelle, her first responsibility was to be Reggie Dabbs' uh, scheduling coordinator, where she literally would coordinate his schedule all across the country and uh, actually was his first scheduling coordinator. And uh, so, so we go way back. But I want you to know beyond the familial recognition, the love that we share, one of the things that I want to say about you, Reggie, and, and I want to say it publicly, I've watched your ministry now for over 30 years. And one of the things that I've noted about you that, in, that I've not seen in most other evangelists, you've had a world, literally worldwide recognition. Uh, there's not a school, there's not an assembly school speaker that does it like Reggie Dabbs. He's the most incredible, uh, the best and world-renowned uh, speaker, especially in, in public schools across the country. But one of the things that you've never stopped doing is loving and supporting the local church and local pastors. And you've, I've watched you and your family get, get deep roots in every local church you've been at when you've been when you've been on point and you're home or you're not ministering on the road you and your family in their stead has always been in the local church and that speaks to not only faithfulness but a submitted life 
a heart to, to reach not only the world, but as your name got bigger, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, I, I honor the, the fact that God has expanded your ministry, but you've kept your heart pure and you've kept your motives pure. And for that, I'm so incredibly grateful. What I want you to do is I want you to stand on your feet and give a huge round of applause to my dear friend, Reggie Dabbs, as he comes to the stage. I love you, buddy. Well, that was nice. I'm going to hire your pastor to travel with me and do that introduction every time I get up in the morning. Now, do me a favor, everyone. Just look at a neighbor right beside you. Stare him in the eye and just say, all right, all right, all right. Turn to the person on the other side of you. Do it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think y'all ready for me, but I got nowhere else to go. It's, it, I, I thought I would never say this as long as I live, but I'm going to say it right now. It is good to be in Alabama. I was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Played football in Knoxville, Tennessee. I am a Tennessee volunteer. And I hate Alabama. <laughs> now that we got that set, we can have church. Amen. Uh, let me help you out. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you've you have invited a southern black preacher up in your Alabama church. All right. Now, if you've ever watched a Medea movie, you know exactly what's about to happen. If you haven't, then you got to get this. Rule number one, you're going to talk to your neighbor. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm going to talk to you. Rule number two, you're going to talk to the preacher. Say, come on, Reggie. Say, preacher, Reggie. Come on, y'all keep going. This is good. Rule number three, just have a good time, y'all. Have a good time. It's going to go by quick. Some of you are getting wide-eyed right now. I know. Can you believe this is about to happen? It is. But I want you to know why I'm here. I'm not just here for you this morning, but starting tomorrow, I'm doing schools all over um, Alabama. Uh-huh. And, 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 I, and I just, let me put my glass so I can read it to you. In the next three days, I will be starting tomorrow. I'm at Dell County High School. Then I'm at South Dell Middle School. Then I go to Enterprise on Tuesday. I'm at New Brockton High School. I have to do two programs there. Zion High School. On Wednesday, I'm in Jackson, uh, Alabama. I don't even know where that is. I'm doing uh, Jackson High School. Jackson Middle School. Got to do two there. Jackson Academy. Then on Thursday, I'm at Booker T. Washington in Montgomery. I'm at Park Cross in Montgomery. I'm at Carver High School in Montgomery, and then I'm doing two uh, sessions at Leeds High School uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. Then I'm going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I get to do public school. I'm not able to say the name of Jesus, but what I get to do is bring hope into hopeless situations. And this morning, I'm here to bring hope to you. Now, let me give you my title. Before we even start, you got to go to John chapter 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. But before we, you, while you're turning, you got to get my title. Every great black preacher titles their messages. So here's mine. Everybody look at somebody left or right, stare them in the eye, and just say this. Everything's going to be all right. Now, turn to the person on the other side. If you do it again, say, everything's going to be all right. Now get a hold of it because we're going to come back to it again. If you're glad you came to church this morning, just clap two or three times for me because it's going to be a good day. Now look, 
I know Alabama. I know you people. I know you people. You're just now coming out of the, 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 the hibernation of losing. I'm not. I'm not. I wanted to play Rocky Top this morning, but I'm not going to do it. Because some of you will get up and walk out of the room and never come back. But I'm not going to do that. But I just, just for a moment, just for one moment. Hey, can I take you to East Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains on a Sunday morning and let you hear what it would kind of sound like if you were at the church I grew up in. If we were there, it would, uh, the choir would be bound up. And they got choir robes on. And, and, and you might even know this song. And if you do, it's good. But even in public public schools I do something that's a little different from from the age of eight years old I was ADD a my mama said I was a the DD the DDD all right <laughs> but uh music and rhythm would calm me down so she went to the pawn shop when I was eight and bought an alto saxophone and whenever I got fidgety she'd put me in the bedroom and say play with the radio now that football's done everything's done even in public schools, I use the saxophone to get people to listen to me and pay attention. So it's one of my favorite songs ever in a church. And I decided I should play it for you. While you're turning to John 16.33, I'm going to play a little something for you. But look at a neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right.
Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. In the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, ladies and gentlemen, before I read this, let me explain the difference in what I do. During the week, I am a motivational speaker. I'm not able to say that or use the name of Jesus Christ in our public school system. But I found out something. The second you bring the word of God into a speech, it leaves motivation and becomes life-changing. Because only Jesus can set the captive free. Only Jesus can set what's wrong and make it right again. Uh, do y'all hear what I'm saying? So here we go. John 16, 33. The Bible says, somebody say, the Bible says. Now, some of you are going to notice, um, I get a little excited. Why not? Well, I don't, I don't, and so, and I not, so you could do you, do you, do you, and I'm going to do me. It means I'm going to walk, spit, sweat, it's going to happen. Because I believe in this that much. Why? Because I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now... A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can argue he ain't real all day. But I know who lifted me up. I know who changed. If God has done anything for you for five seconds, give him praise right now and say he did it to me. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's go. Some of you starting to like this Tennessee man up here. John 16, 33 says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem that I have. In order for you to get this today, I need you to go for a ride. Just take a ride with me. Take a ride. Get in Get in, get in my car and let's go down the street. Is that okay? Would you ride with me for a second? Now, in order to do this, the first thing you got to know is I'm telling you the truth. So everybody touch your neighbor and say, he's telling the truth. Look at your other neighbor and say, he ain't lying. He's telling the truth. Now, in order for you to get in my boat, let's start with this. Uh, I got three people you got to meet, just three, maybe four. It's called how much time's on the clock. The first one, her name is Tara. Everybody say Tara. Tara's in the eighth grade. She plays the clarinet. And by the way, what I played this morning, some of you are like, is my eyes messed up? That's the smallest saxophone I've ever seen. Either that or he the biggest black man I've ever seen. That could be true. All right. That is a soprano saxophone, but it's special because it's curved, but it's really good. And her name's Little Debbie because she's sweeter than a tasty cake. A word. <laughs> I know, you got to like that, y'all. I'm growing on you, I can tell. My job is to do so good, I get invited back again. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm going to get invited back. I got off the plane, and we walked outside. Let's just go on, all right. Eighth grade, played the clarinet in the bench. She was on the volleyball team. She in student government. But you know what Taylor loved? December 26th. Because on December 26, her, her mom and dad would leave Dallas, Texas, get on a plane and fly to Denver, Colorado, get in a rental car and drive up into those big old Rocky Mountains. And there for five days, she would go snow skiing with her mom and dad. Hold on. With her dad, okay? Mama, she looked like a skier, dressed like a skier, but mama didn't leave the lodge. 
One year, they got up early, real early in the morning when they got to the ski lodge. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning. So dad grabbed his skis. Tabor grabbed her skis. Mom grabbed her book. And they went up the lift, came down the hill, went up a second time. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but at Christmas time in Colorado, it get dark really fast, all right? So dad said we could only go halfway. So they went halfway up. They're coming down. The dad was in front of his daughter. All he heard was just his, her, his daughter's voice just like, ah! and when he looked back, her skis had gotten crossed, and she fell, and her head hit a tree. She had a helmet on, but she was unconscious. They called an ambulance. They put her on the stretcher. They took her down, took her to the hospital behind the doors to say, do not enter. For three hours, mom and dad waited. Finally, a doctor came out, and when he walked over, he said these words. He said, I'm sorry. There's nothing else we can do. In one hour, they will unplug the machine that's keeping your daughter alive. I'm sorry for your loss. Now, I know, I know, I know. I can tell by the look at some of you. Some of you are like, what? No, 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 no. You got to understand. Now, now, you're going on a ride with me. Now, and if you don't understand Tara, if you don't understand her parents, what they're going through, if you're going to say everything's going to be all right, then there's some situations that begin to get beyond your control. You can't make it happen. You can't think for five minutes and figure out how to get out. There's some things you can, but this life is full of situations that are beyond your and my control. And it comes to a point to where you have to let go and let God. You have to let go of your children, let go of that situation and let God. But in any situation, everything's going to be all right. But who are you letting go for? Somebody touch your neighbor and say, getting serious now. There's where Tara, and if you don't understand Tara, then maybe you can understand Heather. Now, everybody say Heather. Yeah. Heather. Oh, Heather. Oh, Heather. 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 Heather had five brothers and two sisters. Heather's dad was the greatest neurosurgeon in the Atlanta, Georgia metroplex area. He worked for five different hospitals. He would come home, the kids are asleep. He would leave, the kids are still asleep. Sometimes they didn't see him for days because they knew their daddy was taking care of But you know what? They knew, though, that hey, when summer came, there would be a four-week trip they'd go on, and dad wouldn't even take his phone. And they knew that four weeks they would have their daddy. But their dad did something else. You see, he packed. Oh, I love this. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, you're going to like this right here. Touch your other neighbor and say, this is good. <laughs> This man would pack his bags and he would go to the continent of Africa, north, south, east, west. He didn't matter, Muslim country or not. He preferred the Muslim countries. He would do surgery on people who needed a neurosurgeon who would die unless he went. He would do surgery on people that the doctors in Africa wouldn't do surgery on because they had what we call HIV AIDS. In other words, he put his life on the line for people he didn't even know. Oh, you're going to love this. Everybody say, everything going to be all right. He would go and do the surgery. He would meet with the family before. When he talked in perfect English in his American accent, the people would say, you're not African. You're not from here. He said, no. They go, then why are you here? He said, after I do the surgery, bring everybody, your aunties, your cousins, your uncles, and I'll tell you why I came from America to save your kid to save your husband, to save your wife. And he would have boardrooms all over Africa in hospitals packed with people. And he would walk in and go, they're going to be fine. Everything went awesome. They're going to live. And the people would clap and then he would go, this is why I came. There's a man named Jesus. He would literally present the gospel and lead people to Jesus. You got to love that. And Heather, she wanted to be just like 
her daddy. So she went to school, made straight A's. She went to college, made straight A's. She went to medical school. She had all that day till the day she got to pack her bags and go to Africa. And while he was in surgery one room, she was in surgery two. And she led people to Jesus one night. She had led 18 people to Christ. And she couldn't wait to tell him, but she knew his surgery was going to go longer. So she was waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, she saw him coming out of the surgery room. She goes, this is too soon. He went to the sink. He didn't even see his daughter. He was focused on his hand. As he turned on the water, he was mumbling, oh, my God, help me. Jesus, help me. He had cut himself, which means his blood mixed with the blood of someone with HIV AIDS, which means there's a medicine he has to take to keep that from getting in his system. But he did not know until he started the medication. He's highly allergic. And the antidote to fight that was in the United States, and he's in Johannesburg. So his daughter got on a plane with him. She's checked his vitals. As the plane took off, he was in 21A. She was in 21B. He fell asleep. She knew all the education that she had, that her dad would not make it. He is never going to make it. He is never going to get to the United States. He's not going to do it. So as he was sleeping, she went and went into the bathroom. She locked the door and began to beg God to save her dad. Now, I know some of you are looking at me and you're like, okay, you got Tara. Now you got Heather. This, this is the worst sermon I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, by the way, I'm only giving you half. I'll finish it in a minute. See, that's for people who want to get up and go to lunch early and beat the crowd. Now you can't. You should see the people online. They already got the popcorn. They're like, dude, this is good right here. I know, I know I'm brand new and you've never seen me before, but listen to me very carefully. You have to understand, I know my method is a little bit different. I'm not like the normal everyday pastor. Well, you don't want me to be your normal everyday pastor. You can take me once or twice and then it's over. But I'm here before a reason. You know what I am? I'm the biggest, blackest Hallmark greeting card from heaven you have ever seen in your life. And if you just sit for 10 more minutes and read this, it could tell you something that can get you through next week. That's what I think Sundays are. Sundays are a celebration that we made it back. We made it back. And it's also a preparation to whatever's coming next week. God's got it. Y'all got me? Everybody touch your neighbor say everything's going to be all right. Come on, touch your other neighbor say everything's going to be all right. Can you do one more? Y'all handle it? Okay, if you don't understand Tara and you don't understand Heather, then maybe you'll understand this one. Maybe you understand it. There's a little boy, six years old, went to his first day of school. He was there early. His teacher was standing at the classroom door. She said, find your seat. Find a name on the desk. When you find your name, sit there, take attendance, and we'll start. So they did. When the bell rang, everybody's in the classroom, 32 kids. There was, and when that bell rang, everybody got quiet, and the teacher started taking attendance. What do they do when they take attendance? They say your first name and your, except this boy. All she said was his first name. She did it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. On Wednesday, when he got to school, he started looking at everyone's desk. Everybody's desk had two names on it, first name, last name. But his only had a first name. And on Friday, he got guts. So after she took attendance and only used one name, he walked up and he said, excuse me, everybody has two names, first name, last name. On everyone's desk is first name, last name. What about me? Why, why don't you use mine? And my desk doesn't have a last name. And the teacher said, baby, I'm sorry, you don't have a last name. Just go sit down, it'll be okay. Right then, that boy knew something was different. Something was different. But then the next week, they had what they call parent-teacher conference. Anybody remember that? You remember parent-teacher conference? I hate that day. If you hate that day, clap your hands. I hate that day. Everybody clapping? Y'all know they were bad at school. All right. 
this boy's name was at the top of the list. Both mom and dad showed up. When he walked in and sat down, the teacher talked for five minutes. When it was over, they walked outside. He noticed something. All his friends were with their parents. All his friends' parents were young, but his parents were like old. And he's sitting there, and he's like, what is this? When he got in the car, he had to do it. He's in the back seat. They're in the front seat. So the boy yelled to the front seat, hey, why y'all old? Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Look at me, little brother. Don't ever do that, all right? If you think your people old, keep it to yourself, okay? When they got home, they sit down at the kitchen table to have a talk. Anybody ever been to the kitchen table to have a talk? If you haven't, don't go. Little boy on the second row, look at me. If you don't smell food, run, boy. Run, okay? When they started, the dad said, son, there's a plan for your life. The boy said, yes, sir. The mom said, baby, I'm sorry. And she started to cry. The mom cried so hard that the dad moved chairs, held the mom for 10 minutes. Finally, the dad said, tell him, tell him. And when the mom spoke, it crushed this boy on the inside. All the mom said was, baby, I'm sorry. I'm old because I'm not your mom. And the dad whispered, I'm not your dad. She said, you have a brother. His name is Keith. You have two sisters, Anna and Jeanette. Your mom kept your brother. Your mom kept both of your sisters, but your mom said that you were a mistake, and she hated the day that you were born, but that's okay. You're with us now. It's going to be all right. Are you okay? And the boy said, I'm fine. I'm fine. He went to bed that night, and he cried himself to sleep. Then he got older, seven years old, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. At 13, three o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, wide awake, staring at the ceiling, all of a sudden, the voice in his head said, nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. If you were to disappear, no one would look for you. You should give up. You should give up. You should give up. And the boy started to cry because he's thinking about giving up on the gift of life. And when he started to cry, it happened. His bedroom door opened. Listen to me. If your bedroom door opens at 3 o'clock in the morning, run. <laughs> Forget those scary movies. Who loves scary movies? Put your hand down and shut up. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You know why you love scary movies? <laughs> no one's told you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Little brother on the second row, look at me. You should hate scary movies. You know why? Black people die first in scary movies, all right? <laughs> Y'all have no idea I was so happy when he raised his hand. <laughs> I love it. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know where this is going, but man, it's highly entertaining today. His foster care dad walked in, this boy's foster care dad. He was a janitor. Until the day he died, that man was a janitor. He walked in the bedroom and he said, are you okay? I heard you crying. And the boy said, I don't know what to do. And he says, I'll never, I'll always call you son. And he hugged the boy until he fell asleep. If you don't understand Tabor, if you don't understand Heather, you don't understand that little boy, then understand this. In the book of John, chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible says this. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I love that. I'm going to read it again. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. If you believe in God, believe in me. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, you got to believe. Touch your other neighbor and say, you got to believe. All right, here's what I need. Where's the keyboard, dude? Come here, man. Come here. This is perfect, man. Just come lay a little something-something down for me, all right? Clap for him, y'all. He's a man. He's a man. He's a man. Now, I decided to do it this way because I wanted to keep everybody with me. So the first half, you set it up. You set it up. You do this. If you are like hearing speakers, you like the way guys write stuff. I, I'm, I'm the master at writing stuff. I'm the storyteller guy. I love that. And now I got to go back and finish it. Now, if I go back, I can say this. What was the name of the first girl? Come on. Tara. Where is Tara at? Colorado. But where is she at? 
hospital. What's happening? And what are they going to do in an hour? Pull plug. So here's what happened. About 20 minutes into the hour, they had moved her to a private room. The mom and dad are sitting in the room just weeping. About 20 minutes into that hour, the doctor walked up and knocked on the door. When he walked in, the mom jumped up and said, no, you said one hour. And the doctor said this, every time something like this happens, I do my best to find an answer. He says, I'm not God. I don't know why he does certain things. But I checked in the national database. There is a girl. There is a girl in Phoenix, Arizona. She will die in one week unless she has a new heart. And I'm here to tell you, your daughter is a perfect match. So I need to ask you hardest question ever can can I have your baby's heart so that another little girl can live he said I can only give you 10 minutes the clock's ticking he walked away when he came back the mom was in the hall she said in case she can hear me I just got to ask you this one year from now on December on December 26 one year from now promise me I can meet the girl promise me if it goes right which it will I will meet the girl he said whatever I have to do I'll make that happen and so she said yes let's skip forward a year one year a mom and a dad get on a plane in Dallas instead of going snow skiing with their little girl they go to Phoenix Arizona when they go down the long escalators to the baggage claim at the bottom of the escalator holding a sign with their name on it is the doctor from Denver, Colorado. He took vacation time to make sure this happened. So he goes, they waiting. You want to go see him now? They put the stuff in a rental car. He drove them there. When they got to the front of the house, the mom and the dad of the girl with the new heart was outside waiting for them to pull up. Look at me. If somebody gives you life, if somebody changes your darkness today, you don't wait for them to knock on your door. You meet them up in the front yard. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. The Bible says in Revelation that Jesus stands at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, he'll come in. I don't want Jesus to knock. I'm going to meet him in the front yard. He saved me. He did it for me. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Here's what happened. They all started hugging. Everybody's crying, even the doctor. But what they didn't know, the mom and dad, Taylor's mom and dad, the doctor had already been to the house. He hooked up the girl to a monitor. And when they got there, they turned on the monitor. And when they opened the front door and walked in, the monitor was hooked up to a speaker. And the speaker was like, boom, 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 boom. Taylor's heart just pounding throughout the house. And she goes, that's my baby's heart. Every Christmas, they spend time with this girl. Why? Because I'm here to tell you, if you just give it to God, even in death, you will win. Even in death, you win. Somebody say, everything's going to be all right. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, it's getting good, y'all. Now listen, I'm going to be honest, y'all. If you think I have gone off, I ain't gone off yet. I'm about to go off. I got 59 seconds. I'm just joking. I'm going to go over. Not too far, though, because I'm hungry. I need some chicken up in here. Watch this, watch this, Heather, Heather. Do y'all know where Heather is? Airplane, right? In the bathroom, right? Cool. Watch this, praying that God would save her. She knew her dad wasn't going to make it to Atlanta, Georgia. All of a sudden, and she's in the bathroom, right? And you know, if you ever go in the bathroom in, in the airplane, first of all, the up front or in the back, they have these red lights that tell you someone's in there. And then on the door, it says occupied. There's a red sign, occupied. But she's in there praying, and all of a sudden, somebody's knocking on the door. Who be knocking on the door like that? 
And she's like, it says occupied. What's wrong with these people? So finally she opened the door and there's three men standing there. Now y'all got to touch your neighbor and say it's about to get good. Come on, touch your other neighbor and say it's about to get real good. All of a sudden one man said, hey, I just, we, you've been here, you've been in here for 45 minutes and we want you to know we're three doctors and if you need help, we can help you. And she goes, no. And she told him everything about her dad, about the allergic and about not having the medication. And all of a sudden all three doctors started laughing. And when they started laughing, she from Atlanta, Heather from Atlanta, she reached up and started taking off her earring. If a sister take off her earring, it's about to go down. Y'all, ooh, y'all know what I'm talking about in Alabama, don't you? All of a sudden, he goes, no, 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 no. Okay, I get excited. I get real excited. I get excited. He goes, no, 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 lady, you don't understand. He goes, we're not just three doctors. There are 99 doctors on this plane. We're going to Atlanta for the World AIDS Conference. The medicine that your dad needs, it's in my bag. Okay, no, 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 no. Y'all, either, either you sophisticated Alabama people or you didn't get what I'm saying. Listen, they could have been on any plane at any time, but they were at the right plane. You're at the right church at the right time. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of clowns going to a clown convention, but they were not. They could have been on a plane with a bunch of plumbers who need to pull up their pants and say no to crack, but they were not. They are on the right plane. You're in the right church. Why? God knows what you need. Somebody touch your neighbor, say, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right if you don't get Terry, you don't get Heather. I don't know how you're going to get this little boy, 13 years old, voice in his head saying, take your life, take your life. You should give up. Your own mama didn't want you. The boy starts to cry. His foster care dad walks in the room and he says, hey, are you all right? I heard you crying. Foster care dad said, every day you hug your mom, but for the past two days you haven't. I knew something was wrong. He said, every day you talk to me for two days, not one word. He says, so the last two nights I slept by your door. And this morning I heard you cry. And he said this, what's wrong, Reggie? Hey, my name's Reggie. My mom gave me away. I was raised in the foster care system in Knoxville, Tennessee. But my foster care parents went to a little Assembly of God church. And that morning at 3 a.m., the janitor, my foster care dad, he didn't just hold me till I fell asleep, but before he did that, he said, in John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish. Then he said, Reggie, it says in Romans, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then he did my favorite one. He said, Reggie, listen to me. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He said, Do you want that? I said, Yes, sir. And that night, that morning, I gave my life to Jesus because of my foster care dad. Everything's going to be all right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl here. God, I pray that you would answer the cry to every heart that's here. God, you know us. You set us up today. I could have come any Sunday, but you chose today. So, God, I pray right now in the last few moments before pastor walks up that you would do something amazing in this room. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. In a room this big with this many people, somebody's carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Here's what I believe. Prayer is spiritual, and we're going to pray. Moving is physical, and we're going to move. But I believe in church like this, if you do something spiritual and physical, it can open up the door for supernatural to happen in your life. 
So I'm going to start at 15 and go all the way down to zero. As I'm counting, if you're carrying something and you need God to come through, if you're ready to cast all your cares upon him, if you're ready for God to take over, I'm here to tell you, then you have to give it to him. The Bible says in Matthew, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. So I'm going to go 15, 14, 13. And when I get to zero, whoever's standing up, whatever you're carrying, God knows. I'm not Dr. Phil, but God created Dr. Phil. He knows what you're going through. And by faith, you're going to stand and say, I'm going to proclaim by faith. I'm giving this to Jesus. He's going to take care of me. So whoever's carrying a need, you need prayer. You don't have to walk forward. All you got to do is stand up. You got 15 seconds, 14, 13. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, in Jesus' name, 1. In Jesus' name, 1. Hey, as I pray, do me a favor. Don't let these people stand alone. Hey, you may know them, you may not know them. But could you do me a favor, church? Let's be the church. Let's be the family of God. Jump up right now. Look at somebody. Put your, if your whole row standing, hug the person beside you. They're going to pray for you while I pray for all of us. Jesus answered their cry this morning. God, you know what's going on. You know the need. You know the hurt. You know the sorrow. And you are the answer. You're the way, the truth. So God, we cast us cares of the world on you. God, I know it's big. Somebody's waiting for an answer from a doctor. Somebody's trying to figure out how to make the bills meet. It's the last week of the month. Somebody's got to figure out how to get the rent by the first. God, you have the answer. And God, I pray before it becomes a reality that you will give each person peace, peace that passes all understanding. Give them peace today, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Hey, hug somebody who stood up and say everything's going to be all right. Come on. Come on, say it again. Say everything's going to be all right. Awesome. Everybody sit down for a second. got to ask you one last question. Hey, can I ask you something? Hey, look at me when I say this. Do you know him? Do you know my Jesus? I don't know. I'm not from here. But before I leave, I just want to ask you, to, if you don't, today's a good day. To give your life to Jesus Christ. It's going to be done a little bit different. That verse I quoted from Matthew. If you declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. That's exactly what we're going to do right now. So I'm going to ask you because it is a private moment. You're going to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask Pastor to come and just stand with me, okay? Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. The only person that's looking is me and pastor. Just me and pastor. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here's the, here's the, here it is. If you say, Reggie, I've done it my way, but I need Jesus this morning. I've tried it my own way, but I'm at the end of my rope. I need to get right with God. I don't know how or why or what you turn to other than Jesus. But this morning, it's time to come home. So if you say, Reggie, that's me, then on the count of three, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go one, two, three. When I get to three, if you say, I need to get right with God, you're going to look up and you're going to wave at Pastor until he waves back at you. Then after that, he's going to lead us all in a sinner's prayer. And after that, we're going to be like heaven. We're going to celebrate. Because the Bible says when one person gets right, all heaven rejoices. Now here's the part that matters. So on the count of three, if you say, I am in this church, I need Jesus. I need to get right with God. 
And I'm going to say this prayer with you, Pastor. And on three, you're going to confess that before man, your pastor. I can't think of anybody better to do this in front of. So if you say, Reggie, that's me. I need to get right with God. I'm going to say this prayer with Pastor. I want you to look up and wave on three, and he'll wave back at you. Ready? One, two, three. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. because I love you and God's got this yeah God bless you God bless you God bless you yeah today is a day of transformation this is where it begins it's your simple acknowledgement I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you it's not my heart to judge you we simply want to invite you into relationship with the only one who can truly transform your life. God bless you, yeah. God bless you. Here's what we're gonna do. I wanna lead you in this simple prayer and I'm gonna invite every single person in this room to pray this prayer out loud after me. And when we say it, we're not saying it because it's tradition or because it's religious. We're saying it because it's biblical. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. So we're going to talk to our creator, God. We're going to invite him into this moment. Everyone in this room, would you repeat this prayer out loud after me, but especially you who lifted your hand. Say this with me out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Give me a fresh start. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Forgive my past sins. I put my life in the palm of your hands. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, can you put your hands together and celebrate? Come on, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices right now. All of heaven. All of heaven rejoices. And today, if you made that commitment, you made that decision, I want you to know you're not alone. As a matter of fact, there are many, many, many people in this room that not only love you, but made that willful decision as well. And maybe they made it a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, but it's as real today as it was the day we acknowledged Jesus as Lord. And for some of you today, you rededicated your life to the Lord. You were away from God and you just, you're coming on home. Today we celebrate you. And I want you to know, uh, right on the screens, you can see one of the ways we'd love to be able to pray with you and encourage you in your walk with the Lord is simply by texting D1, text, or D1 Walk to 84576. What that's going to do is we'll just send you a link to a downloadable copy of a booklet called One to One. We want to help you in your journey of faith. Friends, this is a journey. It, it's not easy. Life gets hard. But friends, there's hope. Where there's Jesus, there's hope. And, and I want to say something special as well that, you know, the one thing that I know is part of Reggie's story is his connection to a local church. And friends, for your sake, we're here. We're not here because we're a building. 
We're not here because we're a social club. We're not here because we're a political order. Friends, we're here because Jesus saves. He saved us and we want to help others to know that love. And so that's why we exist as a local church. And I'm encouraging you, give the next year of your life in faithfulness to connect weekly to brothers and sisters in this room to help you in your journey of faith. Let me tell you something. I need you and you need me. We need each other. And so we're going to walk this thing out together. If you've never been baptized, that's the next best step after salvation. Or if you've never been connected or involved in a local church, we want to help you understand what we believe and why we believe what we believe, which is part of our grow track. And you can sign up and get connected to that. Friends, all we want to do is help you in the journey of faith. Going back, Reg, to that day you brought up last night, the basketball, watching us play basketball, me and a friend, and I played good, a friend of mine didn't, and that's okay. <laughs> you got to watch. <laughs> Look, they don't believe that I used to be able to play, but I, because my body does things that, like, my mind says I can do and I can't do no more, but, but back then, it took people cheering you on and it took a coach. And one of the things that meant so much to me was to look along the sidelines and see people not only cheering me on and, and believing in me, believing about me things I didn't believe about myself. That's what cheerleading can do. And then I needed a coach. I needed somebody to give me the marching orders, to give me the plays, to call a timeout when they knew I was frustrated or I didn't think I could do it. And say, hey, gather around with these other teammates. I'm going to give you the playbook. I'm going to show you how to do it. Friends, there's very little difference between that and the local church. All of these people in this room are your cheerleaders. They're watching out for you. They've got your back. When you're going through something, they've got your back. They're praying for you. They're not gossiping about you. They're praying for you. Just you, them, and God. And nobody else. And then you need a coach, you need pastors and leaders to come alongside you in difficulty and open up the word of God and say, hey, here's what the Bible says about this. And the Bible address, addresses all the issues of life. And that's what we're here to do. We're, help, we're, we're here to help coach you toward Jesus and his love and use God's word as our playbook. So I just want you to know these moments are valuable. It's not like just a, a thing that we come in when we, when we feel like it. It's something that we make time for and we prioritize. And, and so I encourage you with that. And, and listen, one of the things that I found in playbooks is that the word of God and God's word is inerrant and it's all truth. But there's other coaching materials that I've used along the way. How many of you ever said, man, I, I read a book or I listened to a podcast and it was just incredible and it, it made a difference in my life. Anybody ever had that? Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Reggie, and I know he doesn't, he doesn't like me to do this. He doesn't want me to do this uh, because that's not his style, but I, I, I want to. There are some life-changing books that Reggie's written and he's a world-class author, and I'd encourage you to get his books, and he'll be out in the lobby afterward to sign them if, you, if that's your desire. But he's got a, his, this book right here tells the rest of the story. He, let me tell you, he gave you that much of the story of his life, and it's transformational. I encourage you to get that. This one 
is about the teenagers in his life, the, the literally millions of teenagers throughout uh, public high schools across the country and stories uh, that would both break your heart but bring you hope. And this book right here is one that has received awards and uh, is incredibly written in a season where our nation needs it the most as it relates to racism and healing. And in the midst of this book is honesty and hope. And I want to encourage you, those plus some other resources I'd encourage you to get, not just because some dude is coming in selling stuff. That's not what this is about. This is a helpful tool in the playbook of your life to get you to the next step. And we want to help you in that journey. Are you all with me? Here's what I'd like for us to do. I know that Reggie's schedule, you heard. I, 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 didn't, I didn't count up how many schools in the next four days, but it made me exhausted thinking about how many days you're going to be out on the road preaching. And let me just tell you, I've been in those public schools with him, and I, I promise you, they're not as nice an audience as you are. Let me just tell you. And every school teacher in the house said, amen. Yeah, so you know, he's going to need our prayer. If he's going to go into the, some of the roughest situations where students are uh, just dishonorable and he's going to be able to preach the word in many ways, and I've heard him and he does masterfully, we, he needs our prayers and he needs our support. Most of these schools, they don't have a budget. You know that. They don't have two nickels to rub together to get pencils for the students. And, they, and so he'll go in free of charge and, and assist them in the process. I want to help underwrite these schools today. And I want to see the ministry of Reggie Dabbs continue. I can't believe it. 60 years old, bro, you look so young. I mean, come on, you look so young, man. So young. But God's got his hand on your life. And he's opened doors in ways that I never dreamed. And you and your dear wife, Michelle, never dreamed. And your son, Dominic. But God's got his hand on you. And I'm believing that even this next season will be the most fruitful of all seasons. Our nation needs you, Reggie. This generation needs you. These public schools need you, buddy. And I'm thankful to partner with you. And I want you to be willing to partner as well. Would you put the five ways to give up on the screen? That'll give you an opportunity. And you can just uh, make sure that, that uh, the name Reggie is connected to it in some way in the memo line. Or you can write missions in there if you so desire. We'll make sure that every dime of that gets to, to this, this ministry and mission. Because he's a home missionary. And even though you're a Tennessee fan... God bless your sweetheart, and I mean that in the most southern way. <laughs> you shouldn't have ought to have done it, Reg. You knew I was going to have the mic after you, so you shouldn't have ought to have done it. We in Alabama, baby, where we win, win, win. All we do is win, win, win. And we're hoping that this year, <laughs> we'll see. But more than football, I, I love you. I love you. God's got his hand on you. Can we take a moment? I want you to stretch your hands out toward this amazing leader. We're going to pray a prayer over him right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Reggie. I thank you for his mission and ministry. I thank you for the missionary work that he's doing, not only around the world, but right here in the state of Alabama and the United States of America. 
God, thank you for the next few uh, days and even weeks, months, and years of schools, but specifically this week in Alabama. I pray in Jesus' name, hearts would be touched, lives would be changed. There would be transformation that, Lord, it would begin in the younger generation, in our school systems, that, God, young people would find hope in the middle of hopelessness in Jesus name God they would find you truly as their source and let Reggie be a mouthpiece of of your Holy Spirit to reach a lost and hurting generation I thank you for that now Lord I pray we would be generous in our giving that we might see the work of the mission done to reach the next generation in Jesus precious and holy name we pray it all amen Amen. Amen. I'm going to dismiss Reggie. If you'd head out this door and, and uh, one of our team leaders is headed with you and he's going to head out to the back. I'm going to dismiss some of our uh, pastors as well because those of you who are uh, maybe new at the church or haven't been here for a while and haven't ever had the chance to just meet some of our pastors and leaders, we're going to be in our, we have a special guest reception waiting for you. It's out the doors, and right before you get to the last door to leave the building, you'll look to the left. There's a few stanchions, and and it leads into a room. It says guest reception, and we would love and be so honored to greet you today on your way out. And I want to release you with a blessing, but before I do, I want to give you a couple of quick instructions. Uh, Some of you may still write checks, and I know that for some is an old school way, and for some it's the only way. Uh, but in this offering, if you'll make your checks payable to Dothan first and then write in the memo line, Reggie, we promise every dime is going to get to Reggie, okay? But, but for the ease of, of uh, making that, that gift available to him, and he already knows this, and so we want to make sure, though, that every dime gets where it's supposed to go, and it'll pass through the church, and the reason for that is that'll give you uh, credit at the end of the year. Tax time will come. And you'll want giving credit. And that gives you giving credit when tax time comes. So that's the purpose for that, okay? I just want to make sure you understand that. Um, But friends, we love you. I'm so proud that we get to celebrate Jesus together week in and week out. There was a season, and I don't know if you remember it, but it wasn't that long ago where they shut down churches and they shut down schools and they shut down the whole wide world and we couldn't have these moments. Friends, Don't take lightly the moments we get to share together. This is the beauty of church life, not to attend to get a gold star in heaven. No, that we might come together to celebrate our Lord, who he is, what he's done, and be an encouragement to others that are walking through crisis because we are the hands and feet of Jesus extended in love to our city. I want to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and to your friends and to your co-workers and to this city. I bless you to be a blessing and to give that love away, the love you've been given freely, I pray you would give it away to represent Jesus well, to love God and to love people. I bless you in Jesus' name.